Hi everyone, my name's Kathy Burkage. I'm in Melbourne, Australia. I'm an Agile coach and trainer and a mindfulness teacher as well. I'm thrilled to be part of Agile World Wellness Edition with Steve and Sabrina. I hope you enjoy this podcast where we talk about all things mindful in Agile and how we might practice both for ourselves and with our teams to be more mindful and a bit more aware as we go through our days. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Um, it's been certainly lots of fun talking to these guys and I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to Agile World Wellness. How are you doing, Steve? It's been a while. It has been a while. I'm doing pre pretty good, but even though I woke up way early this morning so I could talk to you two lovely ladies in different continents, which I think is kind of cool because, you know, we have Australia, we have whatever side of the pond you're on, Sabrina, over there in, in the UK, and then, <laughs> and then me, and I'm so grateful to, to have Kathy Burkage come here to talk to us about mindfulness. So what do, what are you, what are you doing, Sabrina? How are you feeling? Not too bad. I'm getting ready, obviously, for the festive season. Obviously, it's not long now. Um, obviously, we've got our Agile World Christmas party coming up going to have a little bit of festivities so some more stuff will be coming out later on but yeah I'm, I'm getting it's been a tough year for everybody so I'm, I'm getting ready to get together with my family and have some celebrations at the moment well so, that's kind of cool yeah, and, have, and what's going to be interesting is is we're, we're probably going to release this one after Christmas but um ooh. but we're almost there for Christmas <laughs> Oh, maybe I should have just said, like, you know, I'm so exhausted from the festive season. But hey, no. <laughs> this is a real world, you know. <laughs> okay, Sabrina's hung over all the time anyway. It doesn't matter. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, Kathy, how are you? Thank you very much for taking the time to meet with us. We've been so excited. And obviously, it's been a bit of a journey because obviously, Steve just mentioned. We are completely in three different corners of the globe. So this is absolutely amazing to get on with you. So thank you for joining us. How are you? I'm great, thanks. And thanks for having me along. And we finally found a slot that kind of met all of us. Not, well, it's pretty early for Steve and it's a little bit late for me, but we got there in the end. We found a, something that works, thank goodness. So thanks again for having me. And it's midday for Sabrina. So we, we are just so grateful to have you here. And um, now, now, Kathy, how, how, did, how did we find you? How did, how, did, how did you and Sabrina meet? I want to say I saw something on LinkedIn about Agile World and then the wellness side. And I think you were saying a few things, saying we've started this new initiative, da, 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 da. Um, we're talking to all sorts of different people if you think something and I said oh this is great I think I liked you and said oh you know I we talk about mindfulness stuff and I've been talking about mindfulness stuff at agile conferences and other conferences for a while I thought mm, maybe it's because it's very much a wellness thing and I you know thought mm, might fit the fit the kind of things that you're doing so I thought I'd get in touch and say hello and like what you're doing and see if there's any synergies, which there is, which is great. Yeah. First thing we said was, right, let's get you on. <laughs> so it's great. That's the warning, you contact us, we're going to pull you in. <laughs> yeah, ab absolutely, because you reached out to us through through social media and nobody nobody bit you. Well, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe Serena's dachshunds, but... Um, <laughs> 
they may have. But I, it was so nice to to chat with you when you and I finally finally got a, a chance chance to to have a conversation. Um, it was supposed to be about fifteen minutes, and and you know we we chat, talked for about thirty minutes, and now I feel like now I feel like I want to give you a hug because you're just so <laughs> awesome. <laughs> My head's gonna swell go. now. <laughs> Virtual hug. Yeah. So, so you're, you're an agilist. You've traveled around the world. You have family in, in Hungary. You've been to UK. I know you, you've been here to the US for a number of different conferences. So tell us a little bit about, about your journey. What's, what, what the heck's going on? <laughs> well, I've been incredibly lucky that, um, well, A, my, well, well, I'm Hungarian by birth. So very much going to the um, Hungary and I've also got friends and family around Hungary. Um, I was lucky enough to meet up some people in Czech Republic and do some work over there and I was also part of the Agile Business Consortium. They're based in, I want to say it's Kent but I keep thinking it might not be but anyway I've been to the UK with them a few times and been to Agile, uh, the uh, US a lot too but um, I've been lucky to travel the world because I love traveling. I never traveled until my daughter moved out of home, <laughs> strangely enough. And then when she sort of left, I sort of went, hang on, she's finished school and she's not home. I've got all this extra money. Where did that come from? <laughs> so at best I use it to travel the world. And I've been lucky to speak at conferences, agile conferences, business analysis conferences, project management conferences, um, mainly because, um, well, I'm an agilist, I'm an IT since the 80s, 1980s, that doesn't mean that I'm, you know, <laughs> that old, maybe I am, but anyway, um, but, so I started in IT, but um, I learned mindfulness probably nearly 20 years ago, and as I sort of morphed from being a, you know, what's the word, um, hands-on agile to more like a coach or a trainer, because I do a lot of training, a lot of coaching, a lot of consulting, I found that I could teach anyone Agile, because Agile, as in ceremonies and practices and processes and tools, that stuff's easy. Any Anyone can learn that. But I found the missing piece was the mindset. And the more I thought about mindset, the more I realized, well, mindset's attitude. And attitude comes from being mindful, which means being aware. Um, so I just sort of said, well, if we really want to be agile, if we really want to have an agile mindset, we've got to watch our own attitude. We've got to be mindful of how we're thinking. Are we thinking agile? Are we thinking in line with those principles and values that those 17 guys put forward over 20 years ago? Are we thinking and behaving in that line? It doesn't matter if we're using JIRA and standing up and doing sprints or whatever we're doing. That stuff's not what Agile is. Agile is the attitude that's adopted into the way of thinking and working to ensure that we create value and minimise waste and collaborate. And I thought, well, if we don't pay attention to our attitude, if we don't pay attention to are we being Agile or are we just going through the motions, we're not going to get the value. So that's how I sort of connected Agile and mindfulness. But of course, that was after, you know, many, many years of being a mindfulness teacher and a practitioner as well. Mindfulness. And you're right. There is an important link between the two, which some people don't recognize. Um, and yeah, you're right. I feel that 
everybody, I mean, we need it in our day-to-day lives anyway, but I think especially within coaching and training, we do need to think of mindfulness and we do need to pass that coaching and training on. So I'm quite interested, actually, how do you do that? You know, what's your, your process or what's your thinking pattern? I'm delving in. <laughs> so um, mindfulness is a, is a tough one in a way. I've, I get a question nearly every time I speak, I'm at a conference, people say, hey, I'm mindful, but that person isn't. How can I make them mindful? You can't. The only one person that can be mindful is you. But as a coach, as a trainer, as a consultant, or even, even at, um, I was just a BA at one stage, I was a project manager, you don't have to say, right, stop, be mindful. That's not the way you do it. You just go, hang on a minute, we're all just getting a little bit, let's just take a moment to just kind of come back, bring some awareness in, kind of clear our mind, and just go forward with a bit more clarity, a bit more cohesion, a little bit more calmness. So, because, you know, things get hairy, you know, at work or at home. It doesn't have to be in an agile team. It can be anything. So as a leader or a, especially if you're a scrum master, for example, if you're a mindfulness practitioner yourself, you can't sort of say, let's let's run a meditation session in the middle of this stand-up. We can't do that. But we can just say, hang on, everybody, just come and let's be present for each other. How many stand-ups have you seen that everybody's not listening to each other? that each person's talking and no one, I know, can you believe it? So, so, so many times it's like, well, the stand-up is not for fun. <laughs> so, um, so I, I thought that just as a leader, if you're in that position of a coach or a scrum master or a leader, you can kind of give those cues out. Um, but again, you can't force, no one's got control over your attention except for you. So um, if we equip people with tools and, again, when I talk about it and get people to think about how can they learn mindfulness, practice mindfulness and apply it in an agile team or in their day-to-day life when we're dealing with, well, life, especially the last few years, it just helps take that um, watching our own attitude, being aware of what we're, what's really going on because so often we're barely aware of what's going through our mind where our minds are racing with thoughts and memories and plans and all this stuff and we're barely aware of what's right in front of us a lot of the time. So I think if we can prompt people to come back and bring that awareness in and say, hang on a minute, hang on, just whoa, 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 let's, let's come to this from a more considered mindful place it's going to help and it's funny you say that actually because you've just reminded me of an experience I had I did my this was many years ago I did my cow one uh, training session and the first thing our coach and trainer got us to do was all sit in a circle hold hands and actually sit there and learn how to breathe now in the UK we that's a very strange surreal experience me being mediterranean i'm very touchy-feely but for everyone else it's kind of like hang a minute i came here to learn about agile (laughs) leadership you want me to sit in a circle and i remember the first moment he got us to do it and and the atmosphere in the room before changed to everyone getting all very excitable meeting each other then very confusion And then when he actually got us through the process, the calmness and how 
we didn't now I'm the worst for this and you know this Steve the talking over each other being excitable that's my personality unfortunately in general but it all did become very calm after we did it and then the next time we did it when we came back from lunch you could see the appreciation at once everybody kind of understood it and experienced it after doing that meditation process and, and something no one had ever experienced. And, and you just literally gave me a memory there when you just mentioned, because I thought, hang a minute, I've been in that scenario and realized how important it actually is. Um, so it just reminded me, sorry, Steve, you've probably got, I've, I've jumped in quite a lot here. I'm sorry, Steve. <laughs> no, but uh, so, so Sabrina, you are 100% correct. Not, 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 not that you've jumped in a lot, but, but you're 100%. <laughs> You're hundred percent correct on, on, on the fact that, that teams, once they start to embrace it just for, and it's very uncomfortable at first, but once you start to embrace it, things change. Recently, um, I went to a connection workshop that my friend, uh, Allie Peterson was, was hosting. She opened up a, a yoga studio close to my home. And, you know, this was six months ago uh, or, or maybe four, four months ago. So it was, you know, the world has just started to open up where we are. And I have not seen many people face to face. And in fact, I went to a couple yoga practices where everybody was wearing masks. And the first time that they were allowed to take their masks off, I couldn't stop staring at, at Allie and, and, and the other people because I hadn't seen faces, um, you know, outside of my own family's faces for, for so long. And I, you know, I, it, and Allie and I, we were laughing because we were both staring at each other. We both knew, knew what was happening. But this connection workshop puts you in a position to where there was 25 people there. I didn't know most of them. And we were standing face to face with each other. We were, um, you know, looking at, at each other in the eyes and we were, you know, gazing at each other and we had to accept you know, because it's extremely uncomfortable and you had to breathe, breathe your way through it. You had to, to think about what you were feeling and you had to, uh, you know, accept it and deal with it, whatever, whatever that might have been. And it was it was really an amazing uh, event, um, you know, just to go through that. But we've also often walked into a room and you can just feel the, the setting in the room, whether it's tension, whether it's happiness, whether it's frustration. Um, and if you can just explain to people, hey, what's going on? What's everybody feeling right now? Are we, are we running down a rabbit hole? Are we getting overstressed about something that we can't control? What's happening? Just bringing people back um, to, wait a second, think about where we are in the moment uh, can be such a powerful, powerful thing. Um, and may, maybe the, the, the holding hands could be a little uncomfortable, but you know, even through Zoom, we can still do that. We just did that the other day. Just, hey guys, what's going on? Everybody's chattering. Yeah. Um, and, mm. and you can bring everybody back if you can get people to just think for a minute. Yeah, it's interesting too. Something I've been looking at in media and news and even shows and the word, we have to be mindful of the time we have to be mindful of mm. her, her past, blah, blah, blah. And we say the word, we have to be mindful. We have to be mindful of X, Y, and Z. But if you try to think of what word are we trying to say in that, that word mindful, we're saying either usually one aware of, 
or two, careful of. 99% of the time when you say, I need to be mindful of something, it's because I want to be aware of it or I want to be careful of it. And mindful, we use it in that day-to-day -day vernacular in that way. We need to be mindful of, be mindful of Steve because you know he's very sensitive. We're saying we're being careful and aware of Steve, right? And mindful is, we have to be mindful of the time. We have to be aware of the time. We have to be careful and aware of the time. And that's really what mindfulness is. We need to be aware and a bit more careful about what we're paying attention to and how we're responding to it. And that's as simple as it is. Um, the word is crept in to our day-to-day -day language because it is synonymous with those two other words. And I, I, when people say, what is mindfulness? I usually say, you know, if you, if you go to Google land, <laughs> if you go into the interwebs and you look at the definition of mindfulness, you'll find amazing amount of definitions from all sorts of really Eastern ones to modern Western mm -hmm. ones and everything in between. So people ask me to define, I'm like, well, who am I to define it? I can just tell you that there's many aspects. And I think carefulness and awareness are the two most, <laughs> the biggest aspects, you know, a carefulness of what we're paying attention to and how we're responding to it. And of course, awareness, because um, we often are not aware of what we're really thinking, what's really in front of us even. We, even if we think we're aware, sometimes we're not really aware. We think about the classic one. This is the one that all of us mindfulness people talk about. If you've ever driven in your car home from work or to anywhere, you're driving, you're driving, you're driving, you're driving, you arrive home or arrive at work or whatever, and then you sort of, if you think back and say, how was that drive? Were you aware of you driving? And you probably, you know, of course you didn't have, hopefully you didn't have a smash and you didn't hit a pedestrian or, or, or anything else, but you're barely aware because we've got this human tendency of being on this kind of autopilot, which is nothing bad. It's just the way us humans are because there's so much sensory input that we can autopilot our way driving a car because that lets our mind wander and wander about worries or memories or all those things. So if we were really aware, we'd remember that drive because all of us, nearly every person I speak to can remember that time that they've driven somewhere and have no recollection of that journey. Even if you're just sitting on a bus, you don't have to be driving, you just, you zone out because your mind just takes off and you, you wander, so. Do you find there is a fine line as well with the fact you you've mentioned about the fact there's being mindful about your environment and situation. Do you find that sometimes people there's a fine line where you can go a bit too more one way or a bit too more the other way? Because there is a balance in this as well. And like you've mentioned, there's being wary of a situation or or an environment, and then there's being not so wary. Do you find there is there is a balance that you need to take? Absolutely, because mindfulness, if you were to, if you thought about it from uh, def some of the definitions that you'll see if you go out there, it's being completely aware without judgment or being completely aware and, and deliberate attention, all these things. Well, that's all well and good, but we do have to work. We, we do have to solve problems. We do have to do things. We can't just say, I'm going to sit here in this blissful mindfulness moment for the rest of my life. I do need to make plans and I do need to recall things. These are 
perfectly normal and natural things to do. But being mindful is this right now present moment thing that helps us ground and it helps us um, perhaps when we are in any situation, we've got that ability to be in that situation and fully comprehend what's happening without probably skewing the the, the way that we're perceiving it or memories or beliefs are skew, skewing information because we are all biased. It's the way we are. We're just being, we're human. So when we are in a situation, we can kind of evaluate the situation, evaluate what's happening and then choose to respond. But if you were to stay in that awareness without kind of moving on and saying, well, now I need to act, I need to do something, that's when you sort of go back to normal, if you know what I mean. But yeah, being mindful as much as you can helps you see things a lot more clear, clearly. So therefore you will be able to make better decisions and, and go forward. Because have you ever had that experience where someone's talked to you and before you've known it, you've snapped, you've said something rash or whatever, you know, I'm sure it's never happened with, with your personal relationships. <laughs> but mindfulness is a concept of, well, you can listen and hear someone out and then evaluate it, appraise it almost. You take that pause and stand back from that initial reaction so you don't blurt out something that you're going to regret later. You might do or say something that you'll look back on and be embarrassed about. So one thing I, I find is the personal benefit for me is that ability to stand back from, you know, I hear something and I immediately want to say something or I immediately get angry or I immediately want to laugh my head off or whatever the case is. I can kind of see it in a bit more of a realistic lens without kind of all those ideas that we put on top of things. You know, if we look up in, in the sky and we see a cloud and we say the cloud looks like a dog or it looks like a angel. <clears throat> that doesn't look like anything. A cloud looks like a cloud. We put that on the clouds, <laughs> you know? So mindfulness is kind of removing those labels and the things that we add to every piece of information around us, what we like, what we don't like, past memories, you know, and we kind of judge things very quickly and we're very quick to kind of jump the mindfulness lets us stand back and see things kind of a bit more as they are in reality without that extra layer on top that we all put on yeah, I, I think you're you're ab you're absolutely right and so one of the things that that happened to me is is i love my camera and i love taking photos of people um and i realized that often i would go to events and i'd spend my time taking photos of things thinking about how it was um, and I've even done that on vacation, holidays, like I went to Niagara Falls, um, beautiful falls. And so one of the things I started practicing doing is, okay, I'm going to take photos for 10 minutes and then the camera goes away. And then I'm going to focus on just what is here, what is happening now. Um, and, and I've been able to enjoy the things around me so much more. Um, you know, one of the things for with with the the, the falls is we were in, uh, we were underneath Niagara Falls. You have to wear these raincoats, and the rain's coming down. And so I'm with my family and everything. So, you know, taking photos and telling the family. And then, so I, I finally told them, "Look, you guys go go back up, and I'm going to stay here for five or ten minutes, just me. That's it." And I just sat there and, or stood there and just listened to the falls and watched the falls and experienced them just 
that's all I did was focus on on the falls. And it was really um, a very memorable experience. And oh, I think we, we often run into that. Sometimes we are stressed. Sometimes we, we can't seem to make a decision. And if we step back, because one of the things I've learned to do is step back and just kind of go through it. Okay, am I hungry? Am I, am I well slept? Something going on in my monkey mind? You know, uh, do, is there another decision that I need to make and to get this one out of the way? Uh, you know, am I, am I feeling healthy or, you know, do I have something going on? And just kind of running through a, a checklist like that and think, oh, you know what? I haven't eaten today. So let me go eat, come back, <laughs> and then let's see how, if I can accomplish this. Because right now something's happening. I don't know what it is, but it ain't happening. Right. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that story of the the falls. You see it all the time. People they, they come, they take their photos, and they look at their own shots, and then they walk away. And you're like, but um, it's an interesting one. What you said about you that checklist. I find that that's something that is so simple. A simple little tool to just say, hang on, let's stop, let's become aware of what's going on. And often that awareness is not just about all that, that checklist which you've got, but awareness hanging, what am I thinking about this? What am I feeling right now? Because we don't get in touch with that. And sometimes because we haven't stopped to really evaluate what am I thinking, what am I feeling, uh, am I, have I got an emotion, have I got a sensation going on? Sometimes those sensations, if we pay attention to them, can be really good triggers to say, hang on, gee, I've got this funny, you know, my, my shoulder's up. You know, um, sometimes we walk around and they're like this, oh, we've got a clenched jaw, which is my, my horrible one. Oh, jaw's clenched. What am I stressing about? You know, and it's funny that I noticed the physical in my body before I realized, oh, I'm stressing about this or I'm <laughs> replaying a bad event. So um, just being aware of it's not just outside world, it's our inner world which is, can bring us so much clues to say, well, how am I seeing this now? It's, I used to call it the brain check-in. A lot of us mindfulness teachers will say the same thing. It's like, you know, let's check in, not with each other, but with what my brain's doing. Hang on, brain, what's going on up there? What's happening in that mind? You know, what am I thinking here? How am I, how am I appraising this situation? Um, whether it's the news, because so often the news is just, awful and it sets your mind off oh this COVID again oh now we've got Omicron now we've got this now we've got that like hang on what am I thinking now oh okay is this a great is this do I need to continue this this thought process is this serving me at the moment is this helpful or not helpful and that to me is where the wellness you know when I look at you know, I've just looked again at your wonderful chopper chops of course um and the wellness <laughs> above it and it's like well Sometimes if we don't check in with our mind, our minds will continue this rumination and this procrastination and catastrophizing and, you know, exaggerating. So what I find with mindfulness, being able to check in with my thoughts and say, well, you know what, I don't have to have that thought. I don't have to think this way. You have, each of us has, generally speaking, without, um, I mean, there are situations depending on mental capacity, mental illness and other other problems like that. But generally speaking, we do have complete control over our thoughts. We just got to take the reins back and not kind of let the mind run by itself. So at any time you can choose to think that thought or that thought, you actually can direct it yourself. And it's mm -hmm. interesting when you experiment with your own thoughts and, ooh, 
where that thought come from? Oh, okay, do I want to keep thinking this way or do I want to change my thought process that way? Especially when we think of, um, you know, resilience, for example. Resilience is not a magic quality that you're born with or you're not, but resilience is the ability to kind of move past something. And what I find with um, mindfulness is I don't replay a stressful or a bad event because you kind of get held back by it if it keeps replaying and you re-traumatise yourself or re-hurt yourself each time. It's the ability to say, okay, I acknowledge that that's happened. I'm going to move forward now. I'm going to let go. I'm going to um, put that to bed. I'm going to bounce from that and go forward. So um, there's definitely there's lots of aspects around mindfulness. Um, I don't pretend to be any professor, but there's definitely studies from psychologists and Berkeley and all sorts of Yale, all sorts of different schools are studying some of the positive benefits. There are, you know, there can be negative effects too, which I know that's coming out a little bit too, but um, it definitely can help for wellness. I certainly, uh, I think it saved, I personally think it saved my life at one point. <laughs> no, no small exaggeration. So... There's link to um so I think one interesting thing maybe our followers or our listeners anyone who's watching this or listening to this on our podcast will probably be asking especially with everything that's going on in the world now is there any particular techniques that someone could use either on a day-to-day basis because I'm sure there'll be people listening or watching right now be going actually when was the last time I, I checked in or this is new or what can I do? I've now realised this is happening. Do you have any hints and tips, some sneaky little <laughs> techniques you can give away for free? <laughs> uh, this, well, um, from the school that I come from and how I learnt mindfulness, we were told there was 84,000 ways to be mindful. <laughs> I can't go through all of them tonight. <laughs> All right, all right, let me, I got a pencil. All right, let's, let's write down 84,000. All right, hang on. <laughs> um, I think this, 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 so where the, the first thing that I recommend for most people, there are apps, there are, there's hundreds of resources out there. Find one because that's why there's 84,000 different ways because we're all individual. It's a bit like food. I personally love bananas. My partner hates them. That's because we're all individual. What one person loves, another person hates. And so finding what works for you and your particular nuances and personality and lifestyle. But um, for me, it's it's little things like you might wear, I know people who wear a, a lacquer band. Sounds really bizarre. I know people who wear a lacquer band and they'll use that to remind themselves when they see it, they'll flick it. Sounds really awful. And by flicking it, that brings them back to the moment to be able to check in, breathe, come to the present, um, check in with what's happening in their mind, with their feelings, with their emotions, with their thoughts, all that stuff. So I know that that's one of my friends does that. And that was one of the tools that I, well, people have taught. Um, There's apps too. There's this one app. um, Oh, what's it called? Pardon, I should have had it written down in front of me. There's an app that basically at random times your phone will have an alarm and it won't be like a big long alarm, but it'll be alarm to say, have you, are you, you know, be mindful for a minute. Because sometimes if you don't have that prompt, you don't stop to do it. But once you get into the habit, you will naturally stop and you'll 
listen to someone, for example, like for me, I personally use any time I have to wait. And you think about all the times that you have to wait in your life, red lights, bus, train, people leaving the bathroom before you because you're waiting if ladies into the ladies room, the old days, I don't know if you remember, it's always a cue for the ladies room. So whenever you're waiting, that was that was the thing that I cottoned into first is, all right, this is an opportunity to be mindful. This is a ah, red light, perfect. I can come back to some awareness. I don't have to go sit under a tree in a lotus position to be mindful. I can just wait for a prompt. Um, another thing I really like, a work-oriented one, is before any email, before you read one or you write one, before any email, just stop, check in, come to the present, and then read that email or write that email, especially if you're writing it, sometimes stopping yourself from writing. I don't think that... They <laughs> You know, some of those, if you've had those emails, I know that we all have, that someone's sent it without really, they've sent it, they've uh, gone off uh, gone off a bit early. So um, finding something that is that trigger for you to say, oh, now this, this is a way for me to attach, okay, before I do this, or that's prompted me to, to come back and, and have that moment to just kind of breathe and What's happening here? What's what's going? Is this the best way to go forward? Am I really? Should I really say that, or should I really do that, or whatever it is? Just to become more aware and finding what will be the trigger that works best for you. That's that's where I sort of give a few ideas, but everyone will have a different one. Some people will be, oh, I, um, for me, um, when the kettle's boiling is another good one. When you're waiting for the kettle to boil, because another wait, right? Anything that's a wait for me. Any, anything I'm waiting for, this is a good time to check in. So that's become my my practice anyway for for kind of day to day mindfulness. But of course, I um, I do meditate, of course, which is the more kind of the, I call it the formal practice. Um, informally, you can do it anytime, anywhere. But formally, as you meditate and you deliberately choose to still your mind and kind of. A lot, of, a lot of different definitions of meditation as well. So I always think meditation is just that personal space that I'm saying, I'm going to shut down from other things around me. I'm going to and, and deliberately look inside for a little while. Um, so that's the way I describe meditation. It doesn't have to be anything particularly special. And I find when I meditate, and as I've, you know, for 20 years I've been meditating, I've been finding, especially after the first, you know, first couple of years, as I meditate more, I'm able to be mindful more in my day. And if I don't meditate now, I feel well, something's missing. Something, something's missing from my life. What is it? Ah, I didn't meditate today because, you know, maybe I was traveling or maybe there was a something stopped me, who knows? So. Those techniques are great. And I'm now going to be rethinking. I normally squat when I'm waiting for the coffee machine. I like to squat when I've got moments. I might change that slightly. So when I'm waiting for my coffee, I'll squat on some occasions <laughs> okay um, yeah no they're really 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 good techniques i i like those and i think they're going to be really you can helpful. do that with squatting you can squat at the same time so mm -hmm. what you can would you? do yeah what i would do if it was me don't don't not squat but squat with full awareness so do your squat but instead of your squat when you're thinking about whatever you're thinking squat but feel 
your breath, feel your muscles. And you'll be surprised how, especially when you're doing something like a squat or some sort of exercise, feel all the way down. Like I love walking meditation. Walking for me is a classic because you don't have to stop what you're doing. You can continue, but it's just about the awareness and stopping your mind drifting, 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 but come to, uh, I'm having a squat. Where's my breath? Am I in-breathing, out-breathing? How does my uh, thighs or um, calves or where's, where am I, where's my centre of balance? And just be aware of that. And that's just as good. So don't don't stop the squatting. Just become more aware of yeah. the process. Well, Love my squatting. Feed <laughs> <laughs> awareness of feel feel the squat because probably, and I don't know if I'm right. Um, you might be squatting, but while you're squatting, your mind's thinking about what am I doing today? What am I doing? So without so you're squatting in autopilot. So squat in mindfulness. There you go. Mind, there's a new practice. I've never thought of a mindfulness squat before, but why not? That's what yoga you know is. I will try it and, and video record it for you. Ooh, <laughs> that will be fun. That will be All fun. Right. And Love it's it. interesting that, that that you that you bring that up because the the bodybuilders that, that I know not 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 the not the the guys that lift weights or the women that, that lift weights for you know health, but but the true bodybuilders, the, the competitors that, that that I've known, when when they teach people to to do any of the exercises, like okay. So you have to think about this. You have to feel this. And they talk about feeling every muscle and every fire. So they become very mindful in all of their movements. It's not just going through the exercises and, you know, thinking about other things. It's no, you, you are there and you're present and you are mm -hmm. feeling every movement and you are thinking about every step of the way. Um, so yeah. I, I think that, that, that is very important. And for our wow. teams, you know, whenever there, there is a time, you know, maybe it is a it is a good way. Some of the things that we've done with our teams is, is have a check in when they come back from breaks. How are that's, you feeling right it. now? Give us give exactly. us one word. Um, yeah. you know, happy, sad. <laughs> what are you What are you feeling? What's going on? Um, and and you know, and I love my mental checklist that, that I like to go through. Um, it awesome. it just it just helps me. Am I sleepy? Am I hungry? Am I my monkey mind? What do I need to get? What do I need to clear out so I can? start focusing again. And sometimes it's like, you know what? I'm feeling pretty good. Let's just jump in. How are you feeling now, Steve? Because it's like five o'clock in the morning for you right now. I'm feeling tired and grumpy. How are you feeling? <laughs> <laughs> You're never grumpy. You're like never grumpy, no matter when it is. This has been I, amazing. Thank you ever so much, Kathy. And hopefully we could, we would love to invite you back again because with your knowledge and experience, I think there'll be so many things that you can help people with. So thank you ever so much for your time. Is there anything else you want to add? Uh, Steve, Kathy, anything else you want to add? Yeah, I do want to point out that, that we're going to have uh, links for Kathy and any of her practices that she'd like to share in the show notes. So you can come back for that. And if you want to hear more from Kathy, please let us know. So make sure you subscribe to the channel so you can find us because we're going to continue to do more of these, these wellness items. And Kathy, maybe you and I can, can go through my checklist and maybe we can come up with an acronym or something and add, you can add some of your checklist items. Maybe we can come up with a nice little checklist that people could use sure, um, on, okay. on, on a regular basis. Um, so, so Kathy, any, any final words from Australia? 
<laughs> Good aim, Madam. Of course, I have to say that. Um, um, again, uh, there's. I find that um, mindfulness is a massive subject. There's a lot of good stuff out there. There's a lot of interesting stuff out there. There's a lot of meh, misinformation out there too. But I think it's something that it's very individual. I don't think that anybody who says it's got to be done this way and only this way, I think that that's where I get a little bit, mm, you have to do it yourself. And as I said, um, there's so many different ways to practice mindfulness, finding the right one. Um, for you um, and don't feel that just because someone does this and I don't like that it doesn't work for me it doesn't mean that you can't be mindful or you can't meditate um, there's so many different styles so go out and, and, and investigate get curious about it and, um, and read up and find stuff and of course there's so much stuff I can always point people in different directions depending on what sort of questions they might have because there's just so much information to work uh, to weed through so that is awesome. And and the main thing to, to remember about mindfulness is you can spend 30 minutes meditating or you can spend 30 seconds just checking in with yourself. There's, there's no right or wrong way. And it's better and it's and it's better to do the 30 second check-in than not do anything at all. Oh, so, well said, Steve. Oh, you took the words right out of my mouth. Thank you. Kathy, oh, Sabrina, this is much. wonderful. Thank you guys so much. You are awesome. <laughs> you are awesome too. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank Cheers. you. Bye, everybody. Thank you.